Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and in today's episode, I am taking a big risk. I am putting my credibility at risk today with today's topic, because I am going to say some things that are going to sound completely outrageous, completely over the top. And so completely overstated that you're you're going to think like you might lose all faith in me. You really might think that I've lost my mind and that I'm making claims that are just absolutely ridiculous. And so my credibility is at stake. So in a sense, I kind of feel like one of those weight loss commercials. You know how they say you, you take this product and or you do this workout thing, or you use this supplement, and you will lose 40 pounds in one month, right? When you hear something as stupid as that, if you're like me, you lose credibility for the organization or the company that's making such ridiculous statements, right? It's like, I'm not, I'm not even going to pay attention to you because you so oversold something and you so exaggerated that I don't even take you seriously. And so there's a risk of that in this episode. But I'm hoping you stick with me. And because I think you're going to find that even though it sounds outrageous, what I'm about to say, I think you're going to find that it does make sense. And that's really my only goal here. Yeah, I want to be straight up with you from the very beginning. What is my goal in this podcast? I simply want you to understand something. I'm not going to ask you to do anything or to change anything. I'm not going to ask you to believe anything or commit to anything. I simply want to point something out to you and I want to say, do you see this? And I think maybe many of you listening to me already do, right? So I don't want to assume that you have never heard of the things I'm going to say and that you don't even understand them. But I just want to make it clear from the beginning that my only goal is to bring a sense of understanding about how to be happy. Because what this podcast is really going to tell you is that you can be happy all the time. Now, right there, there, there's a statement. You can be happy all the time that you might say, well, see, this is Roy given his weight loss commercial. He just made a statement that is just outrageous. It's just ridiculous. I, I, where you could almost want to turn the podcast off because I've, I've made a promise or made a claim that you think is completely ridiculous. Well, hold on. 
because I, but in a sense, if you feel that way, I get it because even as I say it, it boggles my own mind. But there, there is a perspective I'm going to share today, something I just want you to understand on how you can be happy all the time. Or if you think that that's impossible, I really, you can't be happy all the time. Okay, Even if I was going to grant you that, because it's not true, you can. But even if I was going to grant you the fact that, okay, we could talk about different scenarios where it would be ridiculous to feel like you'd be happy in those situations. I'm going to share with you that if you are unhappy, if you find yourself unhappy, that there's one simple shift you can make and be happy. So even if you think you can't be happy all the time, I'm going to share with you that when you notice that you're not happy, you can immediately change that. Now, that's a pretty outrageous statement, don't you think? (laughs) So what are we doing here? Well, today, I am talking to you about the law of suffering. Or you could say the law of happiness. You, you could flip it around. The law of suffering sort of comes at it from the negative perspective. The law of unhappiness. It's the law of how not to feel good. To not have a sense of well-being. It's the law of how not to feel alive and joyful. Right? But you can call it the law of suffering. Or you could call it the law of how to be happy. So whichever way you want. But I have titled it The Law of Suffering. And this is part four of a five-part series that I have called Laws of Life and Love. And again, very briefly, the whole idea of this series on relationship laws is to equate them with like the laws of physics. Right? Just as you don't decide that you're going to use the laws of physics... They are before you. They are prior to you. They are operational whether you like it or not. Right? I've used the example many times that you don't choose to law, use the law of gravity. It's operating. <laughs> you're either going to respect it and get in alignment with it or you're going to um, be in opposition to it and probably that won't go well for you. Okay. Well, that's how these relationship laws are. You don't choose to use them. They are operating in your life right now. And if you align yourself with them, you will move in a direction of joy and peace and well-being and intimate connections and harmony and that kind of thing. If If you are in opposition to these relationship laws, it's not going to go well for you. Right? So in part one, we talked about the law of attraction. So that was kind of a law of love, right? The law of attraction. And we said, like attracts like. That's what the law means. In part two, we did like a law of love. I'm sorry, a law of life. We talked about the law of attention. What you put your attention on grows. Whatever you want more of in your life, Put more attention on that, and it it grows. It becomes bigger. So that's sort of a law of life. 
Then last week in part three, we went back to doing a law of love, which was the law of opposites. We talked about how opposites attract. And in this week, we're back to a law of life. And that's the law of suffering. So what I want to talk with you today is about the issue of suffering. And so I think, let me define what I mean by this term. Because for me, the word suffering, I'm setting a very low bar. It's a very broad term for me. In other words, sometimes you hear the word suffering because it's kind of a graphic, strong word, right? And we think, oh, suffering is when the doctor tells you, you or someone you care about has stage four cancer. Or, you know, you got a pink slip from your employer. Um, or your teenager tells you, I hate you. Or your intimate partner, you know, files for divorce. You know, these major, you know, challenges that can happen in life, that's suffering. Well, that is suffering, but I'm speaking of this way more broadly. I'm talking about any time that we don't feel happy. To me, suffering is anything from when we feel angry or annoyed or irritated or down or depressed or bored or stressed or overwhelmed. Anytime we we feel triggered, anytime we're reactive, anytime we're upset, right? So suffering is just speaking about, in my mind anyway, anytime we're not feeling very happy. So it's a very broad term. So anytime we feel any kind of drama within ourselves or with anyone else, anytime we're in any kind of conflict with ourselves or with anyone else, that's what I'm talking about when I speak of suffering. Okay? And what I'm saying is there is a way to be happy all the time. And there is a way that if you find yourself feeling not very happy, to make one simple shift and that no matter what the situation is, no matter if your spouse is walking out the door, no matter if you've been handed a pink slip, no matter what the doctor looks at you in the eye and tells you, no matter what your kids are up to. So all the big stuff and all the little stuff, there is a perspective and there is a shift that you can make. And even in the midst of that, you can be happy. And that's the main point that I want to make here is that I'm talking about an unconditional kind of happiness. See, most of us think that, yeah, I can be happy as long as, right? We can be happy as long as this is happening and not that's happening. I can be happy if, right? When things are going the way we like them, the way we want them, people are behaving the way we like, the world's the way we like, we we are the way we want it to be. You know, when things are going well, right? You 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 come across a person you haven't seen for a while. How you doing? Oh man, life's good, right? 
And so it's like most of us think that our happiness really is dependent on our circumstances. If our circumstances are the way we like them, well, then of course I'm happy. But see, most of us think that when circumstances are not the way we would want them, that we're not supposed to be happy, that you can't be happy, right? So it's, it's like there's two sides to this. When you talk about happiness, most people think of it in terms of conditions. And there's this assumption that, yeah, if things are going the way I want it to go, then I'm, yeah, of course I'm going to be happy. But happiness is a result of conditions. So if my conditions are not the way I want them, well, of course I'm not going to be happy. And to tell me that I could be happy when things are going the way I don't want them to, that's the ridiculous part. That's when you're saying something, you're making a claim that is like telling me I can lose 40 pounds in a month. That's just ridiculous. You can't be happy when things are not going the way you want them to. And I'm saying, oh, yes, you can. There is a way to be happy unconditionally. And so what I want to do today is I want to share what I believe is the simplest yet most profound spiritual teaching that the world has ever known. It's certainly probably the earliest spiritual teaching that's ever been given. And it came from the Buddha, the enlightened one. And remember, the Buddha was not the Buddha in the beginning. The Buddha was a normal person who just noticed that there was a lot of suffering in the world and a lot of unhappiness. And for whatever reason, he wanted to find out, like, why? Like, he, he kind of wanted to get it. What's the root of this? But he looked around, even though he lived 2,600 years ago. You know, he looked around his life and all around him and said, you know, people aren't very happy here. There's a lot of suffering. Like, is there an underlying reason? Is there a beneath the surface is there something we're missing? Is there something to be discovered? And so as the story goes, he was so committed to kind of wrestling with life to find out the real truth about life that he sat under a Bodhi tree and didn't eat and wasn't going to move until the answer came to him. Okay? And eventually the answer did. And So this guy became the Buddha, which means the enlightened one, after he had this enlightening realization. And the realization has been saved for us. It's been passed down. It's been preserved and protected. And it's something called the Four Noble Truths. It's the foundation of Buddhism. But I don't even want to say that because I don't even want to label them as Buddhist. They're really not. I mean, there was no Buddhism back when this guy sitting under the tree realized this, right? right? He was the Buddha. They called it Buddhism years and years and years after him because his teachings took form 
and they called it Buddhism because it came from this guy, the Buddha, right? But really, they're not Buddhist. They're not Christian. They're not Muslim. They're not, they're not anything other than true. They're just true. And I want to share them with you so that you, if you're not familiar, that you can understand. That's why I said the goal of this podcast is just for you to understand something. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to change anything. I'm not asking you to commit to anything. I'm not even going to ask you to work with me. I don't, I don't want anything from this podcast other than I want you to understand something. Now, I have to qualify that and say, maybe you already do. Like maybe some of these things I'm going to share, you are familiar with. So I, I don't want to disrespect you and, and sound arrogant like I know something that you don't. I, 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 if it comes off that way, then I'm just a bad communicator. But I, I do want to point out and talk through what the Buddha discovered. And the only purpose is just to understand it. And then you can do with it anything that you want. So the Four Noble Truths, this really is the explanation of the law of suffering or the law of how to be happy. So the first noble truth, the first thing the Buddha saw sitting under this tree when his eyes were opened, right? And he saw the truth of, of life and existence. And the first one is like, duh, life is suffering. Dukkha is the word in Sanskrit, I believe. That was his first insight. <laughs> it's like, duh, life is suffering, right? Life is hard. Um, he looked around and he saw all these people, saw himself, man, everybody's suffering. Now, the word that he actually used was not the word suffering. It really means unsatisfactory. That's what the word actually means. So his first glimpse of the truth is, huh, life is unsatisfying. Okay? Simple as that. The second noble truth, the second thing he saw is, well, why? Right? Because can you argue with the fact that life is unsatisfying? Like, look around you, right? You can be the Buddha too, right? You can sit wherever you're sitting, maybe in your car, maybe you're walking down the street listening to this as you're exercising, maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're sitting on a meditation cushion. But look around, look within. Isn't it kind of, don't you see unsatisfactoriness? Turn on the television. What do you see? What do you see in the Middle East? What do you see in our politics? What do you see in your own heart? Isn't there an unsatisfactoriness? Isn't there a type of suffering? And again, I don't mean that you're dying of cancer and you've got three weeks to live. I mean, don't you notice a sense of dis-ease within you, a sense of not okayness? Like when you're bored, right? That's unsatisfied. Life is not satisfying when you're bored, when you feel empty or lonely or abandoned or angry or scared or whatever it is, right? So this is a very general term. 
to just look around and say, yeah, I guess we could summarize life, the experience of life, as suffering, as unsatisfactory. Okay? Then the Buddha said, why? Like, why is it so unsatisfactory? And this is where this is where he had the insight. And this is where it's going to become challenging, perhaps. He said, you know why we you know why it's unsatisfactory? Is because we crave. We want. We have desire. We have cravings. We want things. And what he noticed is that when we have a preference for life to be the way it is, when we desire people, places, or things to be a certain way, when we want life to not be certain ways, like when we have an agenda for life, when, when we have an idea of the way we think life should be, the way I should be, the way my kids should be, the way my parents should be, the way the world should be, the way the Middle East should be, the way politics should be. When we have a preference, a desire, when we want something, that creates unsatisfactoriness. Why? Well, I think there's two things to notice here. One, you can't control much of anything in the world. So, if you want the world to be a certain way and you don't have control over it, my God, you're going to be sort of frustrated, aren't you? Because you're not going to be able to make people be the way you want them to be. You're not going to make politics be the way you want it to be. You're not going to make even your own feelings in your own body be the way you want them to be. You really don't have control over anything. But if you do, if you do have an agenda if you do have a mind that says, this is the way it should be, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, then you're going to end up having a very unsatisfying experience in life. Is that not true? But the other thing is, even if you could get things the way you want them, and there are times, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you about this, there are times when you can feel like, man, life is good right now. Like my job is going good. I'm in a relationship. I feel good about my body. I'm healthy. I can pay my bills. I'm getting along with my family, right? I'm like, man, I'm cruising right now. Like I'm cooking right now. Well, one of the things you know, and I'm not trying to rain on your parade, is that life is impermanent. It's going to change. <laughs> You might be feeling good, but you're going to get sick, right? No, no matter what's happening, life changes. Nothing stays the same. People come and go. Our feelings come and go. Jobs come and go. Money comes and goes. Health comes and goes. People live and die. Relationships, there's no such thing as a permanent relationship. Nothing lasts. So even even if you do get life by the reins and you, you are making life be your bitch, you know, and it's like, this is exactly the way I want it. You are not going to be able to keep it that way. 
you are eventually going to be dissatisfied with the way things are going. Does that make sense? So the Buddha's big aha moments is that life is unsatisfying because we crave, we want. Our minds make up the way life should be. We want life to be a certain way. We we have beliefs about, well, men should be this way and women should be this way and my parents should be this way and my kids should be this way and I should be this way and this should not happen. People should not do that. Circumstances should not be like this. This isn't fair. This isn't right. Whose fault is this? Right? So that's what it means when the, the Buddhists say, the root of suffering is craving. It's not talking about like some sort of lust or craving for materialistic gain. Like, oh, the root of suffering is when you want to be a billionaire, right? No, it's not talking about that kind of greed, although that leads to suffering too. It's a much more basic idea. Life is suffering because you want the world to be a certain way and you can't control it. And even if you could, it's going to change. So it's a very basic insight. And all I want you to do is understand that whenever you're not happy, it's because you're craving. Anytime. I don't care what it is. Anytime you have the least little bit of unhappiness in your life. You're a little bored. Well, why is there why is there suffering and boredom? Cuz don't you want something exciting to be happening? Aren't you like there's nothing going on? This is boring. Aren't aren't you craving in the moment you're bored? Like if you didn't mind what, what was happening? If 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 you were okay with what was happening, would you ever be bored? Right? Boredom is sort of a resistance to what is currently happening. I'm bored with this. This isn't exciting. This isn't interesting. Right? So something as simple as boredom that we all experience. I'm just wanting you to see that the reason that you're bored is because you're craving. <laughs> now, you might not ever think about it that way. But so what really is this thing we're talking about when, we, when we're wanting something, we're craving, we, we, we want life to be a certain way and it's not, or we can't make it that way or we can't keep it that way. What we're talking about here, what is the law of suffering? The law of suffering is resistance. When we resist reality, we suffer. And again, how is it that we resist? Because we crave. We have preferences. I want it to be this way. I prefer this. I want that. I don't want that to happen. I do want this to happen. I do want these people to behave that way. And I don't want them to behave this way. So when they are behaving in ways you don't like or when circumstances are 
the way you, you don't like the suffering is because you're resisting. You don't want it to be that way. The root of suffering is resisting reality. And here's how obvious this is. How do you be happy all the time? When you don't mind what's happening. When you are totally okay with the way life is unfolding. When you're not craving. So noble truth number three, the first one is life is unsatisfactory. The second one is it's unsatisfactory because we crave. The third is if, if you want to end suffering, end craving. Simple as that. Drop your agenda. Ignore your mind when it tells you this is the way people are supposed to behave. This is the way I want it. This is right. That is wrong. This is okay. That's not okay. Drop your desire for life to be a certain way and you will not ever feel unsatisfied. <laughs> okay? Now again, I'm not asking you to do anything with this. I'm just wanting to know, can you see how obvious that is? That no matter what's happening, the problem isn't with what's happening. That's not where suffering comes from. The event is never causing you to suffer. It's that when you don't want it to be that way, that's where the suffering comes from. So like people can say, you know, I'm single and I'm suffering because I'm single. I'm like, no, you're not. Being single is not causing your suffering. It's that you don't want to be single. That's where it's coming from. What if you didn't mind being single? What if you said, I love being single? Hey, if I find myself in a relationship next week, that'll be fine too. In fact, however my love life unfolds will be perfectly fine with me. If I'm not in a relationship, no resistance. I, there's no problem being single. Oh, somebody asked me out. Oh my God, I like them. They like me. And now we're dating. Oh, that's fine too. Oh, they've ghosted me. They've disappeared. I don't even know why. There's no, there's no suffering when someone ghosts you. Ghosting doesn't cause suffering. It's when you don't want someone to do that. When you think they shouldn't do that when you resist the reality of they've disappeared. If you didn't mind that they disappeared, then it wouldn't bother you, right? <laughs> so our, our suffering only comes from when we mind what's happening, when we have an agenda, when we crave, when we want. Do you see how beautifully simple it is? So, if you understand that, then you'll be like, okay, so if now I get why you're saying you can be happy all the time. Because if you're one of these freaks that just doesn't resist whatever's happening, if you're okay with however life unfolds, well, then, yeah, I guess you'd be happy all the time because you don't mind whatever happens. 
So you could wake up in the morning and you can decide if you're going to be happy. It's not going to be about how the day unfolds. You really can decide, I'm going to be happy today. Because I have no agenda and I have no craving for life to be a certain way today. I'm simply going to experience it. Life is going to unfold today and I'm going to be okay with whatever happens. Whatever happens is whatever happens. I'm okay with it. I'll roll with it. I'll deal with it. I'll respond to it. I'll work with it. See, this kind of non-resistance doesn't mean you never take an action or do anything. No, you just don't have any resistance to what's happening. You're okay with however life unfolds. I go to work, I get a pink slip. Okay. I don't mind. You go to work, I get a raise. Oh, that's okay. I don't mind. Because I don't have an agenda. I'm simply going to experience how life is going to unfold. How people are going to behave. How, what people are going to do. So I, so you can live every day in every moment and say, I'm just dropping my resistance to people, places, and things. That no matter what the circumstance is, I'm going to drop my mind and how it will tell me that this isn't fair, this isn't right, well, it shouldn't be that way, and oh my God, they can't do that, and why would they continue saying that, and you know that's being mean, that's this or that. You just sort of ignore all that mental noise, all that craving, all that wanting. You just ignore all that. I'm just going to be with what is. And therefore, life cannot be unsatisfactory. You can't be dissatisfied if you don't want it to be a certain way. The minute you say, I want life to be a certain way, you set yourself up to be disappointed. But if you have no expectation, you have no judgment, you have no insistence that people in life be a certain way. You have no preconceived ideas about how people should behave. You're just going to respond to what is without resistance. Well, then you can never have a bad day. How do you have a bad day when you don't have an agenda for the day? Right? The only way you can have a bad day is you have an, if you have an idea in your mind about the way you would like the day to go and the day didn't go that way. Do you see? So it's not how the day went that's causing suffering. It's that you had an idea of how you wanted it to go and it didn't turn out that way. That's where the suffering is. So your suffering is never the event, but how you're thinking about the event. In other words, what the Buddha said Life is unsatisfactory because you crave, you want, you have shoulds, you have an agenda, you have beliefs. <laughs> do, do you see how easy it is? So either you, you know, you and I, and listen, I don't, 
I'm not happy every moment of every day. Are you kidding me? But I do know why when I'm not is because I'm resisting some reality. If I play a bad round of golf, well, I'm not happy with that because I should do better. I should not have played badly, right? So I crave, I want to do something. I want the ball to go a certain place. And when it doesn't, I'm not happy with it. (laughs) But what if I didn't play with that? What if I just hit the shot and like wherever it went, that's okay. I'll, I'll go find it and hit it again. This is fun. Then if I come home and I shoot 65 or 75, they're both the same to me because I didn't have any agenda to begin with. I, I just want to go play golf. And we can do the same thing. We can just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to go live life. I don't have any agenda for it today. It doesn't have to be a certain way. In fact, it's going to, it, it's going to turn out to be a certain way based upon forces that are far beyond me, right? The moment unfolds in front of us based upon all the forces in the universe that have gone on for billions of years to make it this way. You get that? Your mother being the way your mother is, is based on all the things that she has gone through and all the experiences that her parents had and projected onto her and your mother's parents were the way they were because of all their experiences in life and what their parents projected onto them. That's why your mother is the way she is. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with you. But why do you have a problem with your mother or your father? It's not because of them. You say, well, Roy, my mom is really mean. My, my mom is jealous of me. My mom or my dad is uh, an alcoholic and uh, just not nice and never says anything positive. And, you know, just my parents are assholes. Let us just say it that way. And I'm saying the suffering there is not because your parents are assholes. It's because you don't want them to be assholes. You want them to be different assholes. <laughs> you want your parents to be different than they are. That's where your suffering is coming from. Don't tell me about your mother or father and how awful they are and expect me sort of to feel sorry for you. Well, I would, I, I would feel for you and your pain, but I would point out to you that your parents are just being your parents and the problem is coming because you don't want them to be that way. What if you didn't mind that your mother was mean? What if you completely got it? Oh, I, I get why my mother's mean. But, but even if you can't understand where it came from, Your mom's mean, or your dad's an alcoholic. That's just the reality. What if you didn't mind that they were that way? Then would you have any problem with them? No. Now, would you set boundaries? Would you maybe decide not to spend as much time with them because it's not any fun? Sure. 
but not from any angst, not from any suffering. So it's not, it's not your parents or your kids or your boss or your golf game. It's how you're thinking about it. It's that you have craving. You want these people, places, and circumstances to be different. That's why you're not happy. So you turn it around and say, well, then I become happy, not by changing any circumstances, not by some miracle of my parents changing or my kids changing or my job changing or my golf game changing or anything changing. No, if I just stop wanting life to be according to what my mind tells me it should be like. If I drop my fantasy about the way people, places, and things should be and just have not and have just no resistance to what is, well, then I'm happy. Because nothing can be unsatisfactory if I don't have an idea of the way it's supposed to be. What if every situation and every person you met them and this idea popped in your head, they are exactly the way they are supposed to be. They are exactly the way they're supposed to be. They're acting in the way they're supposed to. They're behaving in the way they're supposed to. They are absolutely the way they're supposed to be. And this situation, this circumstance, whether it's happening in my body or in my job or in my love life, this situation, this, this circumstance is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Based upon all the forces in the universe that have unfolded for millions and millions and millions of years, this is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Now, the easiest way to understand this is the weather, right? If, if it rains on your birthday, okay, and, and you're upset about that, it's not because it's raining. It's because you don't want it to rain, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Now, it's not, the rain is not personal. It's not raining on your birthday. It's not happening to you like you're a victim, no, it's raining because of meteor, meteorology. It's raining because of, of all the forces of how the earth is rotating in space. That's why it's raining. And yet you step up and you say, well, I don't want it to rain. I don't want it to be this way. So you have an argument with four and a half billion years of this planet's evolution to make this day be exactly the way it is. Right, The weather, wherever you are, the weather the way it is today is a result of millions of years of evolution and things that have happened to make it be the way it is. And then you step in the middle of it and say, well, I don't like it. <laughs> it's like, talk about arrogance, right? I don't, want, I don't want it to rain today. So you hear that and you're like, yeah, that would be, in, that, that's insane. But see, that's exactly what we do with our, our parents, I don't want my parents to be this way. Well, they're no different than the weather. They have been made and created and conditioned by all of their experiences and, 
and all the things that have happened throughout the evolutionary history of their lives and the lives before them and everything to make them exactly like they are. And then you stand there and say, well, I don't like it. It's not fair. I don't want my mom to be mean. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to have cancer. Do you see it? Do you see the life is unsatisfactory because we crave, we want, we have preferences. We have a mind that tells us and just makes up a story about this is how I would like life to be. How ridiculous is that? For your little mind to look at the vast universe and 13.8 billion years of history and evolution, for you to step in the middle of it and say, I don't like that. I think it should be this way. <laughs> it's like, who asked you? Nobody asked you. No, You don't wake up in the morning. God does not ask you, okay, so how do you want it to be today? Do you want it to rain or not? Do you want your parents to be nice to you today or do you want to? No, nobody asks you anything. Life is doing its thing. It's been doing it for billions of years. You are showing up in it for about 80 or 90. The show is already in progress. People are being treated certain ways and their, their psychology is being formed, right? And experiences are being had. And so life is, life is doing its thing. And mysteriously, you show up for about 80 years in the middle of it. And you have the audacity to look at it and say, well, this isn't the way it should be. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so that's how you make yourself unhappy. Nothing makes you unhappy. You make yourself unhappy because you fight with reality. Because you have a preference. Because you've got this ego, right? This arrogant mind that says, I know the way life should be and the way people should behave and the way they should do it and the way they shouldn't. That's why you're not happy. But if you stop doing that, if you stop craving, if you ignore that voice in your head that keeps telling you the way people should be, if you just drop that, if you take on the attitude that I don't mind the way life is. If you look at a person or a situation and say, they are being, and this is being exactly the way it's supposed to be. This is exactly the way they're supposed to be. If you get in alignment with that, then you can never be dissatisfied and you'll be happy. And if you do find yourself resisting and craving and wanting it and I don't want this. I don't want that. So you're, you're resisting. The minute you see you're doing it, instead of thinking the solution to my mood right now is that that person's got to change. <laughs> this situation needs to change because that's how I'll feel better if you are different. If you stop this, if you start that, if life is more of this way and you see the lie of that, you see the lie of that. Say, no, I can, I can be happy right now if I drop my resistance to it. So let me give you a couple of examples. 
Very often when we have emotional experiences, anxiety, depression, loneliness, uh, feeling abandoned, feeling not good enough, you know, getting triggered by something, right? We, we feel kind of upset on the inside. Use your own words, some anger, frustration, fear, whatever it is. You're upset on the inside. How do most of us feel when we're really uncomfortable on the inside, right? We resist it, right? We want it to go away. What can I do to change this? That's resistance. What can I do to make myself feel better? What can I make, what can I do or what has to happen so that I don't feel like this anymore? So we have this inner reality and we crave. I want this to go away. I don't want to feel scared. I don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to feel anxiety. So I want this to go away. Isn't that how you respond to your emotions? What can I do to make it go away? But that creates unsatisfactoriness. That creates suffering. What if you didn't mind what you were feeling? What if you welcomed? Oh, there's anxiety here. Maybe it's here to teach me something. Oh, there's loneliness. Hmm. Can I welcome that? It's already here. You would never tell yourself, I should not be feeling the way I'm feeling. That's like saying your mother should not be the way she is. She is that way. And you do feel this way. And your suffering comes from wanting your feelings to change. What if you didn't mind feeling anxious or depressed? What if it was okay? What if you welcomed it and embraced it and didn't try to push it away or medicate it or distract yourself from it? Those are all forms of resistance, right? When you medicate a feeling, shopping, porn, drinking, drugs, venting, complaining, whining to a friend, those are all ways of resisting your experience. You're not sitting with it and welcoming it and and giving it a big hug like you would a two-year-old that's upset. You're pushing it away. Distraction. Get on social media, turn the TV on, go for a walk, exercise, meditate. These are all ways that we we can distract ourselves from a feeling. That's resisting a feeling. That leads to unhappiness because you're craving. I want this feeling to go away, so I'm going to distract myself. I, I, I'm craving. I, I want this feeling to go away, so I'm going to medicate it. The shift would be, the happiness would be, I don't mind feeling this way. This is here to teach me something. Feelings arise to show us something, to bring wisdom, perhaps to bring a change in our lives in some way. They are not the enemy. They are not to try. You don't don't want to try to get rid of them. You won't be able to anyway. You know what happens when you really try to get rid of a feeling? They just get buried deep inside of you. That's repression. What happens when you repress? You end up with physical problems and psychological problems. You bury emotions inside your body and your body can't store that stuff. It's going to lead to all kinds of physical problems. What is trauma? 
resisted experience. Now, perhaps you were young when you went through something traumatic and you didn't know how to welcome the feelings. You didn't know how to deal with them. The only thing you could do was bury them to try to survive. Okay, fine. But that trauma is still there. You're going to have to let it come up and welcome it and feel it. Otherwise, it's going to be running your life from behind the scenes. Okay, so that's just one area of of how we resist our own inner experience rather than not minding that we feel a certain way and then to sit with it and breathe with it and welcome it and love it, maybe move our bodies, maybe let the feeling make sound come out of us, you know, maybe doing some sort of interpretive dance to express the feeling, right? You can actually love your inner experience or you can hate it and want to get rid of it. One makes you happy, one doesn't. So then the, another example is what I've shared. I, I, I share this because I experienced it and I hear it from so many of my clients, just problems with your parents. Because either they're like, when am I going to get my grandchild? Or they're continuing some pattern that you've had your whole life where they were nagging you and somehow you've never been good enough for them or they're kind of angry and and harsh or distracted and distant or addicted to something. I don't know what it is. But so many people, including me, I, I spent so much time in my life wishing my mother was different. My mother was never the problem. It was my wanting her, my craving for her to be a different woman. That's where the problem came. There was a time in my life where this was pointed out to me. My best friend said, Roy, what if you just gave up wanting your mother to be different? What if you just allowed her to be the way she is? What if you, what if you stopped making her a problem? Like, what if you just stopped wanting her to be different? And something, something popped in me. It was like, oh my God, yeah, of course. She's 70 years old. Even if she wanted to change, she's probably not going to be able to. <laughs> my mom is the way she is. Really based upon all the things she's ever gone through that have made her the way she is. And I'm sitting here saying, my mother should treat me different. She should be a different mom. My mother's not causing suffering. My resistance to her is. But when I shifted into, I don't mind my mom being that way. She's going to be sarcastic. She's going to be harsh. She's going to be judgmental. That's okay. That's just how she is. That's perfect. She's, she's being exactly how she's supposed to be. I have no problem with it. So if I don't have a problem with it, where's the problem? There is no problem. Because I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> so I'm happy. I can be happy around my mother if I don't want her to be different. You can be happy around anyone if you don't want them to be different. Your boss, a friend who's annoying sometimes. See, it's so obvious. The law of suffering is just when you're resisting reality. 
Now, I want to wrap up and I want to reaffirm what I said. I don't want you to do anything about this other than just think about it. Just think about how true it is. Yes, you might be saying, I can't live that way. Fine. I don't live that way all the time either. You don't have to live this way. You just need to see it. You just need to see when you're not happy, you can kind of look in the mirror and say, well, that fucking Roy, he's right. See, I'm not happy because I really do want something to be different and it's not. So it's not them or even the circumstance. It's that I think it shouldn't be that way. Fuck. That's true. That's all I want you to be able to do is to see the truth. And if something happens in you, that's up, that's up to life. If something shifts in you in a dramatic way, that's up to life. Like Michael Singer says, the only spiritual practice you need is clarity of understanding. Just see this. Just see that life is unsatisfactory because we crave. And if we end craving, we end suffering. Just see that. Now, the fourth noble truth, by the way, is, is called the Eightfold Path. It's where Buddhism gets into all the nitty-gritty about what does a life look like when you aren't craving. And you don't need to know about the Eightfold Path. It kind of takes care of itself. The first three truths are really all you need to kind of open your eyes, to just at least know what's going on. It's not them, and it's not it. It's me thinking or wanting or craving it to be different. Remember many, many, many months ago, I did a podcast on uh, quantum quotes. You remember the first quote in that series? Life, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. That's it. That's Buddhism. That's the four, that's the, the four noble truths. The great way, I mean, the, the best way to live life, the, the highest way, the, the enlightened path, real spirituality, it's not difficult for those who don't have preferences. But holy shit, for those who do have preferences, oh my God, is it difficult. In fact, it's really unsatisfying. So drop your preferences and be with what is, and you'll be happy. All right? I'm open to feedback on this. I'm open to hear your reflections on this. But again, don't do anything with it. Just sit with it. Just ponder it. And see if the truth does something inside of you. And until next week, You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.